Hey everyone, my name is Brett Howe and I am an athlete mindset and life coach. I'm a former dual sport ACAC athlete playing both hockey and soccer at the college level. I am now mom of four, entrepreneur and founder of AMP Coaching. AMP Intermission Podcast shares top-notch conversations with some of the most inspirational people around. I speak with those from top performing past and present athletes, coaches, to sport parents, and everyone in between. In sharing stories from adversity to triumph, this podcast will inspire athletes to follow their own genuine path to fulfillment in life and in sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, today I am bringing you episode 12 of Amp Intermission Podcast. Extremely excited for this one. I went a different direction than I go a lot of the time. I have been having so many calls with athletes, so many discussions with athletes around this idea that they're faced with hard teammates, hard coaches, and they're in a position where it's impacting their entire game, almost to the point of walking away. And I have had conversations with athletes who have walked away from their sport because of it. Now, today I'm talking with McKinley Nelson. She is a university athlete playing at the University of PEI. She grew up playing her hockey in Alberta. And at one point she was in a position where she was ready to walk away. But she didn't. Because she made a change. She took back control and decided to go elsewhere and pursue her hockey to the point where she found that love of the sport again. And then she wound up in the University of PI. She's still playing today. It's a decision she's never looked back from and has future goals to play in Europe to continue on her sport after her university career is done. The thing is, is that when we allow teammates or coaches or parents to impact our sport so much to the point of it, being a decision where we might walk away, we're actually giving them control. And that's what we want to steer away from is giving other people the control of your success. Because at the end of the day, when you take back that control, only you get to decide if you're going to make it or what you're going to do with your dreams, with your aspirations. So I really encourage you to have a listen to this episode and see if it resonates. And if it resonates then don't hesitate to take back your control. And if you need help and you need insight, don't hesitate to reach out to me because I'm someone who feels very strongly about you as an athlete are in complete control of your success. And at the end of the day, that's what's important is that you can say that you did everything you could to achieve your goals. So enjoy this episode. I had so much fun chatting with McKinley Nelson I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. So sit back, relax, and take it all in. I am here today with McKinley Nelson in her third year at the University of PEI, um, playing hockey and just crushing her goals. So McKinley, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. And I want to know what got you into hockey in the first place? Yeah, I have an older brother. So I think that was kind of the motivating factor. When I was younger, my mom put me in figure skating, ballet, anything girly, as they would say. But 
I always just wanted to be like my older brother. So that's kind of what got me started in it. Okay. It's funny. I danced up until I was in grade 12 as well. And yeah, I just, I was just not a girly girl at all. Hockey was kind of the only thing that really made me feel like I could almost release some aggression. And yeah, just be one of the guys too. I also, I don't know. Did you grow up as a tomboy? Cause I was a huge tomboy growing up. Yeah, definitely. Like the oh, yeah. long shorts, like uh, people probably thought I was a guy growing up, but yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So you grew up, tell me where you grew up again, Didsbury? Yeah, I was born and raised in Didsbury and then I moved to Calgary when I was probably like 12 or 13. Yeah. And when you told me you billeted too, like some of the old Grizzlies. So when was that? How old were you then? Pretty young. Like, okay. Yeah. Young. Okay. So what took you to Calgary? Both my parents were working in Calgary. I was playing hockey in Crossfield and my brother was playing hockey in Airdrie. So it's just a lot of driving back and forth and we were spending more time in the car than we were at home. So we just decided to make the move to the city. Okay. So where did you play kind of your, once you started, when did you decide, okay, this is it. I'm going to pursue hockey. At what age were you? And then what what area did you go into? Like, did you go play double A? Did you try out for triple A? How did you get into playing that elite level? Yeah, so I played boys hockey pretty much up until midget, actually. But I just played for like my community association in Peewee in Calgary. And then in Calgary, there's it's called there's like quadrants. So there's like buffs, flames, royals and north stars. And in Bantam, I went and played for them, and I didn't make the AAA team, but I played two years of Bantam AA there. And I think that's kind of when I knew, like, I wanted to, like, take hockey seriously after my two years of Bantam AA. I was, like, played with the guys, and, like, I was, like, okay, like, maybe I can go somewhere with this. So then that's kind of was, like, the moment when I was, like, okay, maybe I want to start pursuing this a little bit more. Bantam double A boys. Wow. I like had to once they started hitting, I was I'm only five foot one. So I was like, I need to get out of here. But that's incredible. So you obviously you're gonna be a tough, that's kind of the kind of player you probably are. Hey, you're probably a tough, gritty player, I'm assuming. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. You know what's funny is like back when I was growing up, you could definitely tell the girls that played like male hockey versus the girls that played female hockey like there was just a different style to them did you notice that too when you were growing up yeah I think like even like going into midget I was already like always told about like my hockey IQ and I think it was just playing the boys game was so much faster at that age so then I was always like one step ahead of the play but other than that like I'm pretty small for my like I was always small where I played so I wouldn't say size was like a big thing or like hitting made a big difference at all because I didn't really hit because I could not but yeah I think it was just like the pace of the game definitely helped a lot hey that's awesome yeah that's good to know I know that things are changing and it's like my daughter in particular it's like hard to keep her interested in hockey unless she's playing girls so at a young age they're making the transfer over and I see the pros and cons for sure and yeah, it's just interesting talking to someone who's been through the the male side of it and what they notice in the difference in their game so Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Okay, so you get to U15, you finish up there, and then you're in U18, and that's when you made the switch to female hockey light. I know your story. It's a rather unorthodox career, but you had a challenge which you had to overcome. So can you share with us and go in as detail as you want, as, as much detail as you want, 
share with us your experience if you don't mind giving everyone an idea of what you went through. Yeah, for sure. So my first year of midget, I played made midget AAA in Calgary for the U18 AAA Fire. And I would say it was like an average year, like wasn't great, but wasn't terrible. And then my second year, I went into the team and we kind of didn't get the best coach. We got a new coach my second year and I definitely struggled with him. I'm a very unfiltered person, but I like reasoning. So if we're doing, I don't know, for example, if we're skating for some reason and say we're coming off like a four point weekend and we get skated on Monday, I'd be the person to say why. Like, that's just who I am. I like reasoning. I need to know that. So I think at a young age, I was probably only 16 at this time. So a 16 year old going up to a coach and being so like, why, why, why? I don't think that like sat well. So we definitely didn't get along. And then it kind of turned into him like disciplining me in ways that I didn't really feel were very fair. I would get sat for scoring. I was the leading point going into the regular season of the game. And it was me and another girl. And we were, I think we were tied actually going into the regular season. And I had made it a goal that I wanted to leave the team in points that year. And he didn't play me for the entire game. Pretty much. I was sat nearly the entire game until my, until like the very end. And I happened, I think, to get an assist on like my last shift. And I won points, but like just very unfair and uh, like a defacing coach. And he kind of destroyed my love for the game. Truthfully, I, after that year, I was like on the verge of quitting and I was kind of done with hockey. I was ready to give up. And as you know, like as a female, like it's hard because we don't have a junior A to go play out of after your midget. So it's kind of you either go straight to post-secondary or your hockey career is kind of like going back down, right? So I think I just hit a point where I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm done. Maybe I need to focus on school and find other passions. But yeah, it was definitely a struggle. And then I signed to Lloyd, actually, for my final year of the Jet. I was like, I'll give it a shot, see how it goes. And when I decided I wanted to take hockey seriously, I, my goal was always to play university hockey. And I knew I wanted to go far away from home just to experience it. So I talked with my parents and we thought going to Lloyd would be good just kind of to dip the toes in the water of being away from home. And I went to Lloyd and it was the best year I've ever had in hockey to this date. Like I had the most amazing coaches who flipped everything for me. So, and I'm like, was literally on the phone with one of them last night, just talking again. But no, that's kind of my path. Hey, so yeah, when we we actually talked on the phone a little bit prior, and I shared with you too that I this is a trend that I hear so often, especially with the females I talk with, is like one person can live the game from someone, and it's something I feel really passionate about. It's there's two aspects, right? There's like how can we mentally build the girls that are getting impact to just be able to take control of their sport, which is something that you did by choosing to go somewhere else to pursue your hockey career. But also like, where do we shift the mentality of coaching and how we foster these girls and like, such as yourself into becoming reputable players, but also humans outside of the sport, right? Instead of having so much bitterness towards the sport, which is something I hear so much is like a bitter feeling towards the sport and people giving up their love all because they let someone else have their power. I want to know what 
So you played for the Calgary team, the Calgary Fire, and you made the decision to go to Lloyd. Was the decision to go to Lloyd solely because of like the year you were having in Calgary? What made you make that decision? Yeah, it was solely off of the coach that I had in Calgary. There was nothing else. I knew I didn't want to go back there and I knew I needed to go somewhere else if I wanted to keep playing. Okay, and what made the Lloyd experience, like, was it solely the coach or was it just a totally different, was it moving away from home? Was it like a new school? What were the factors that brought that love of the game back? Yeah, it's honestly kind of weird because I went to Lloyd in the 2020 season. So we actually really only played like four games. We had, I think, like two double headers against Red Deer in like the first weekends in October, maybe November. And that was really all. But it was definitely the coaching. I think like the coaches there, it's like a more like a small town. Like they're very invested in you. Like we had team dinners out at like our head coach's house. We'd go play like man tracker out there. And like they were just like so invested in you and like cared about what you wanted. And I never had that in Calgary like at all. And it's like we all go to the same school in Lloyd. We had like a student counselor where we went to school and it was just like very invested I remember when I played in Calgary I'd go to like the rink after school and like my coach never asked me once like how's school going like nothing like it was just very different but Lloyd kind of switched and it was just the people too like that team was like probably like I think we would have won that year that's how close and like strong we were but we're like still a very close group to this day too yeah I think there might be something to be said about like a small town atmosphere in the midget AAA or the U18 AAA program. Just having that, yeah, You when you go to a city, it's a different vibe and there's more than one AAA team in a city, right? And it's just, I grew up in a small town, so I have that mentality of, yeah, kind of looking after each other. And the funny thing is, is I actually had a call with, I think your coach actually coaches Lakeland now, correct? This coach you're talking about? Yeah, they still play man tracker out there because I just had this exact same conversation about playing man tracker. So that's awesome. And I think that just speaks volumes. I've heard nothing but amazing things about that coach. And it sounds like he honestly turned your hockey career around and just goes to show as quickly as someone can take it away from you. So quickly, someone can come into your life that makes such an impact that allows you to have that love of the game. And that was all you making that decision of, I can't stay here or I won't play anymore. So I have to make a decision to go elsewhere, right? Yeah. And I think that's really powerful. So you're going to U18 AAA your last year as and it goes into COVID. How in the world do you wind up getting down to a university in the first place? You've had four games to showcase yourself. Like, show, tell me how you ended up at UPEI. Yeah, so going into my year in Lloyd, I was still the edge of whether I wanted to continue playing hockey or not and then we played our like first four games and then I had a couple coaches reach out to Morgan my coach and Lloyd and he came to me about it and then I was like yeah like I'm not really sure and then everything kind of got shut down like right after that we weren't playing anymore but and then Bruce Donaldson was a coach here at the time and he reached out to me and I was still very on the like over the fence about it I wasn't really sure so I actually like I think I messaged back and said yeah I'll think about it or something like very vague and like not the best response but and then I kind of let it sit and then I think it was like early January Bruce emailed me again and like throughout these like months he was like sending me pictures of like the rooms here like the dorm rooms and all this and I just like kept like 
not replying and just like putting it off. And then early January, I think he emailed me and he said, I've been holding like this forward spot for you for like months now. Like I need an answer. And I replied that night and I said, yeah, I'm in. So it was very last minute. And I, I didn't even tell my parents, actually. I called my parents after I committed and I said, I committed to UPEI. And were they pretty excited? Is that what they yeah, wanted they for you? Definitely shocked because it was far and I hadn't really said much to them about it at all, but they were definitely excited. Yeah. So you were on the fence. Were you on the fence of even going somewhere? Were you exploring other options or like, why were you, couldn't you make that decision at first, do you think? I think it was honestly my time in Calgary. I was still like unsure of whether I had the love for the game yet or not. And then we only played four games again. So like, yes, I like love playing the four games, but was it like a honeymoon moment in a new town? I wasn't like sure about that. So that's kind of why I was on the fence still. But and then once January hit, I was still like loving it and like loved going to the rink every day, which I didn't experience the year before. I would like dread going to practice, dread going to workouts. And I just like was loving going to the rink. Like I was waiting for practice times and waiting to go to the rink. So I think I was like, okay, like maybe this is what I want to do then. Hey, so now fast forward, good decision or bad decision? Definitely a good decision. I love it here. Yeah. That's amazing. What an incredible experience. I tell athletes like if you can go somewhere that like intrigues you and interests you go for it because you're gonna get older and you're not gonna have the opportunities that your sport's gonna take you somewhere like that so a real feather in your cap and I'm super happy to hear that you made that decision and like how to look back since by the sounds of things yeah now what's your overall goal so your third year PEI is that correct yeah What's the plan after after you graduate from there? What's your ultimate goal in your sport, in your life? Yeah, I think I'm going to go play in Europe after. I've been talking to a coach over there a little bit. So I think that's the goal. And then depending on if I graduate here in four or five, maybe once I'm done there, I'll use my fifth year of eligibility when I come back. But I'm not sure if I'll where I'll go yet. I might go closer to home for my fifth year, but it's unsure yet. Okay, so you might transfer to a university closer to home if the opportunity is there for you? Yes. Okay. Okay. I want to press you with a couple questions here about, I wanted you to give me one athlete that you admire most. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the sport of hockey, but one athlete and why you admire them so much. <laughs> I feel like the most like weird answer you've ever heard, but Matthew, you can chat. <laughs> okay. Because... I just he's very like gritty and I think like I like resonate with him a lot like he's yes he gets points but like he's also like he works hard and he's like in like the corners where people don't want to be so hey yeah I haven't heard that answer a lot but uh, (laughs) you know you've given a good answer for it so I want to know also because of the challenges you've had in your sport and the things you've overcome if you could give girls that might be struggling you know whether it's with a teammate a coach these things that they don't really have sole control over what is one piece of advice you would leave girls with yeah I think like the biggest thing is like you can't expect things from people and I think like that's something I struggle with even to this day in university in my third year is expecting the coming off after a goal and getting the great job you're not always going to get that there's other things going on on the bench that you may not realize are happening but 
And then I know like sometimes like if I do something good and I don't get the tat, tat on the back for it, sorry, that I get very frustrated with myself and I'm like, oh, well, they didn't like that. But that's not how it is. Sometimes there are just other things going on. And you have to be able to give those like moments of hope to yourself and find it within yourself to be proud of you, who, like the things that you're doing by yourself. That is amazing advice because I often say like the only person who gets to determine if you're good enough and if you're giving it enough is you, right? No one else gets to determine that. They might be able to show you that they don't think you're good enough, but if you're right within yourself and you're like, I gave it all I had, that's what you have control over, right? And we can't look for that affirmation from people to give us that all the time. We have to have that within and confidence doesn't come from people telling us we're good enough confidence comes from continuing to build up these undeniable truths that you are exactly the type of player that you say you are so that's that's incredible incredible advice I you've kind of got me to ask another question I want to know in your experience with that Calgary team that U18 that year that you struggled with that coach is there something you learned from that situation that you would maybe not necessarily change but something you learned that you would take away and just keep in mind now in your life as you move through your sport, the re remainder of your sport. Yeah, I think it's also something what you just said. I think I just found a point where I was like, I didn't want to let somebody define my career. And from like the age of like five, I was like, oh, I want to play university hockey. Like when you're five, it's not as realistic. But I remember telling people that like when I was five years old and they'd say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd say a university hockey player. And I didn't want this one coach to destroy that for me. It's not worth it. I'm, your life is so much longer. Like to think back, like I was like six years ago now. And like, it's not worth it. I don't even like think about it anymore. But I don't like want people to define who I am. Yep. And I think the, the challenging coaches, like when you look back, you're going to be able to know that you learned something from those situations. So in every challenge, there is an opportunity for growth. There's an opportunity to be able to stand up for yourself or at least communicate to your coach what you need for them, right? Like when you said, you pro he probably got annoyed with you constantly asking like, okay, there's a way for us to grow from that and see how do we start to have these conversations with our coaches to voice what we need too, right? At the end of the day, like you're probably a better communicator because you've learned from that experience. And I think you're going to get hard coaches like I said, it's a story I hear so often and I just really encourage girls. And I think that's why I want you on here so much is to encourage girls to stick with it, to take control, make the changes you need to be able to pursue your sport. And if, if you're in a situation that's not not going to serve your highest quality of life in your sport, make a change. Right. And I think that's that's something that I admire you for, because, you know, you might not have had the outcome that you had if you would have stayed where you were, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, and I just guess outside of sport, outside of athletes, one per person you look up to the most now today? Definitely my mom. <laughs> yeah. I think, do you want to like, tell me why? <laughs> <laughs> we're like super close and I think like she's just always been like my biggest role model and I know I can always count on her when and for anything in life if I'm happy she's the one I call if I'm sad she's the one I call for anything she's the one I go to now was it always like that because I know I'm dealing with a lot of U15 athletes U18 athletes and right now they're in a state where their parents don't know anything that's the type of attitude they have 
I would love for you to tell me how your relationship has been with your mom or how, how it's evolved. Yeah, for sure. I, when I, I think when I was probably you 15 around that age, it was the same. Everything was a secret from mom. I didn't want her to know anything. And then you move away from home and I think the relationship just gets so much stronger. When I went to Lloyd, I was only five hours away. I was going home every once in a while and I'd still see my parents. And then you're calling each other every day, but like FaceTime's never the same as in person. And you're only calling for like 10, 15 minutes a day. And then I moved to PEI and my first year away was definitely hard and like the homesickness and everything. And I think my parents came out here once my first year. So you go like for months on end without seeing your family. And then ever since I moved to PEI, I actually haven't lived at home. And even in the summers, my first year summer, I lived in Lloyd for the summer. And then this past summer, I lived in Ontario. So I think like just being away from them so much your relationship develops so much and you like really realize who's there for you and your parents are they're always going to be there for you and not always going to be the ones you go to whenever you need anything yeah I I think that's such an incredible that could be a podcast on its own because so many parents out there struggle with their relationships with their kids when they're younger and they're pursuing their sport right and they're closed off and I can 100% relate that my relationship with my mom has only grown to the point where now I'm 34 years old, I've got kids and she is my best friend because, you know, but she wasn't always my best friend until I moved away. And like you said, you just have so much more respect and they're the people that are there for you no matter what at the end of the day. So oh, for my teammate hurt me about it too because my mom calls me like seven times a day. So my phone will ring and they'll be like, oh, I wonder who that is. But <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm hoping my daughter listens to this episode one day and knows that I will be her best friend one day. (laughs) Well, no, this has been awesome. There's so many good nuggets in here for people, even this last little bit. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on here. I know it's late where you are. I've kept you up even though you're a night owl. But thank you for sharing your story and for just coming on here and having the courage to, you know, help others that are going to be struggling with the same thing as you one day. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay. Have a good one. Best of luck this season. Okay. Thank you. Bye.